Welcome, everybody. This is the U.S. Grace Force Podcast. I'm Doug Barry, along with my very good friend, father, otherwise known as His Eminence, Richard Heilman. We've got Christy Watkins with us. Oh, wait, this- that was kiss my ring. Kiss your ring. I yeah, love yeah. it. Perfect. <laughs> we got Christine Watkins with us again, talking about something amazing. This is power and protection against the dangers to come. And we're going to break all that down in detail. And of course, everything begins with prayer. And your eminence, we always turn that over to you. Okay, my child. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Great. Thank you very much. We appreciate that, Father. And thank all of you out there who support the U.S. Grace Force podcast. We cannot do this without you. We always like to say your prayers, your encouragements, your comments, your emails, all that means very much to us. So please keep that up. It is a huge help to us. You're in our prayers, all of you are. And we thank all of you out there who support us through the Patreon program. For those of you who are interested in helping support us with a few dollars here and there, you can go out to Patreon in the link you'll find in the description below. And that's a great way to continue to help us get this message out. And of course, we're living in a world right now where social media is a huge, huge piece of our world, and there's no way around it. We're not going to be able to escape that. And so while we have the time and the resources and with your help, your prayers and your financial support, it allows us to use this platform, social media, in a variety of ways to get the message out and the need of getting these particular topics out into the general public. So you can help, obviously, with your support, your prayers, your financial support, but also by liking and sharing this this channel, this whole YouTube channel, or the audio version of this as well. That's, again, a tremendous way of helping to get these messages out. And we like to bring you great guests, great information. And tonight we bring you Christine Watkins. Christine was with us not too long ago talking about the warning. And Christine, that's pretty much what you're you know, known for in a lot of circles. You've done a lot of research and you've, of course, written the book on the warning uh, and really helping people understand the seriousness of the times and the prophecies of the warning to come. But we're going to get into something else tonight that really isn't too far off from the big picture, the really big picture of what we're what we're dealing with in our world, that heaven gives us this particular item that we're going to discuss here, and we call it, this is the power of protection against the dangers to come. But before we tell the audience what that is, just good to have you with us again. How are things going? How you been? I've been doing well. I look really yellow right now, so I'm a little concerned. <laughs> but you both look pink and healthy, so. Fortunately, I think for- you look warmly uh, light brown, you know. There you Thank go. You. There you go. Yeah. And fortunately, it's just a lighting issue and not a health concern. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know, you you just finished a book that's coming out. Um, and I'm and I'm not sure I'm gonna ask you when it actually is available for people to get, but tell us the book, tell us and what I it's think about. we'll have you back on too when that comes to to yeah. just talk about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it's it's soon enough. This Friday is the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, and that's going to play into what we're going to talk about. And the book is called The Miraculous Metal Pendant of Power, Mm, and it has amazing stories throughout that are going to really edify and inspire and and get us all extremely Mm. excited about what life can be if we use that metal. Yeah. And, and of course, I, I put it front and center on the uh, combat rosary. So it's the main um, metal. And and a lot of rosaries do have it as their centerpiece, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. So I'm looking yes, forward absolutely. to Absolutely. People don't know. Um, solid Catholics often, I myself, until I researched it, had no idea what it really was. So I really want to uncover the power it has and how Mary has a plan and has had a plan for over 200 years that, or almost 200 years that we all use it and all understand how to use it and what it can do. And the book will be available 
on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception this Friday. Oh, a couple days. I thought it was like what? a month from now. It's just a few days. No, no, I'm rushing it oh, because nice. you asked me to be on the show and I'm going to make nice. it happen. And I'm going to do yeah. a 20% discount if you pre-order it. You know, oh, they can pre-order it right now. Friday, they can pre-order. Yeah, nice. they can. They can do it right now. All right. Can get the, so it's at queenofpeacemedia.com. You'll see it right there. We'll put it front and center, I love Queen and of then Peace you'll Media. see the discount. Thank you. I love Queen of Peace too, because we're going to be talking about that in a future show. But I think that I think Our Lady Queen of Peace, Regina Pachis, is is who we should be imploring right now. Because look at the world right now that we're in, mm -hmm. and Queen of Peace. That's Father Calloway's favorite statue. I don't want to go on a diversion here, but mm -hmm. uh, and it's in uh, Santa Maria Maggiore, uh, Saint Mary Major in Rome, and it's my favorite statue too. So, mm -hmm. anyway, Queen of Peace Media and the Miraculous Medal. Nice. Well, so, and, and and you gave us. I know you sent the. I was able to look through some of the manuscript there that you sent, um, and I I didn't get through the whole thing, but what I got into the details of how this unfolded and. Uh, you know, St. Catherine Labore, uh, Zoe, I think, is that how we pronounce your name, really? Zoe? Zoe. How, the whole story of her upbringing, she comes from a family of 17 children, 10 survived. Um, her mother passed away, I think, when the mother was 42. I mean, just incredible. And then just where it goes from there. But I, you know, one of the things that really amazes me about this whole topic, you know, Christine, I'd like you to kind of maybe start by breaking this down a little bit for us is, again, this is the power uh, this is a great weapon for power and protection for the dangers to come. And when we talk about the dangers to come, we are going to break that down more in detail throughout the, the episode here of the podcast. But we're not talking about necessarily just even things like war and some of these things, which clearly Our Lady has given us, like, for example, the rosary saying when you pray the rosary, you can avert war and bring peace to the world. But this miraculous medal, this is something she specifically asked for. And, and we see you've got tremendous stories to tell in this book about the power of what this amazing sacramental has done and continues to do. Um, can you just speak a little bit about, about the power of the medal in general? And actually, you know what, let's do this first before we get into that. What got you moving this direction to want to write a book on the Miraculous Medal? Well, when I found out what it was really about, I I got a strong, strong calling that wouldn't let go of me that Mary wanted this out in the world again, like it used to be in the 1800s, that she wanted this disseminated to everyone. And part of the reason to do this is there have been books on it and they're good, but I was reading them and either they were outdated or did not capture my attention and get me as excited as one should be about how incredible this is. So I felt a calling within to say, well, if we're, if the metal has to go out, a book needs to go out that is as exciting as the metal is fantastic. So that was my goal. And people who've read it say that it achieved that. And so in conjunction with that, Queen of Peace Media is giving at cost the miraculous medals. And we have volunteers putting a cord on them. So the medals are free. They're blessed. So they're being given away. And same with bulk bags of medals. We've already given out 100,000 medals. So what? you get those. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? So wow. it's Our Lady. She, she yeah. confirmed it with the volunteers showing up. 100,000 going out already, even before the book. That mm. was a confirmation to keep going, that she really is hustling. That's not the right word to use for Our Lady. She's speedily making this happen yeah, to yeah. get these medals out. And so this is a flyer. What I discovered was that if you're an introvert like me, yes, I'm an introvert. Well, I'm in the middle. My, I'm somewhere in the middle. And when it comes to going up to a stranger, which many are doing with the Miraculous Medal, I can give them out to friends and I can talk to the guy coming over to fix the washer. But when it comes to going up to a stranger on the street, that's very uncomfortable for me. So what I did was I made a flyer that says everything about the history of the medal in a few words and what Mary promised, which we'll go into. And I get them excited about it and I hand them a gift and I say it's blessed and it's miraculous and it's caused miracles throughout almost two centuries of bona fide documented 
amazing miracles. Would you like one? And they have a hard time saying no. So mm -hmm. that's why I created this because sometimes just handing a, a medal, I felt weird because I thought it might end up in the garbage or down a drain. If you don't know what it is, right? It doesn't seem that exciting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you look at this and it's like any other little pendant. You say, oh, how nice. But it's so much more than that. So I can go into a story of an ex-high wizard Satanist. There's only one to 10 of them in the whole world in terms of the top echelon of magic, M-A-G-I-C-K, which is satanic, in terms of casting hexes and spells and causing trouble for the church and the world. Horrible. And he was converted through the miraculous metal. Wow. And yeah, so his story is the longest in the book. And I can tell you... Uh, synopsis of his story and then so many stories up to the present day um i would run into people one woman she was a protestant and as you know she was having a hard time accepting mary as something other than a goddess that we're worshiping in error but someone handed her a medal it started glowing pulsating 40 wow. times on, on her chest just glowing and glowing and glowing and pulsating um, so the stories kept coming to me, which is another confirmation that Mary wanted these written down. And you also have the earlier stories of the fantastic miracles like Alphonse Radisbone. You have St. Maximilian Kolbe, who used the medal for his Militia Immaculata. You have, and he called it his silver bullet. Now, this is why it's a weapon. And it's a weapon of protection. It's protect women from rape. It's protected two Jesuits, priests who were driving along and they flew off a bridge. Everyone thought to their death. They had medals in the compartment with the, which the priest had forgotten about. The car tumbled over several times. They landed and everyone assumed them to be dead. They were perfectly fine with one medal on the priest's lap and one medal sitting on the lap of his friend sitting next to him. Wow. So these are the miracles that have I've learned they've actually become common if you study them. And people don't know that this is what the metal is doing. They're big miracles and they're small miracles. However you look at it, we are receiving the miraculous when we wear the metal. And the wonderful thing about the miraculous is a lot of the miracles that Mary gets for us through her prayers is happening without our knowledge of it. How many times were we protected by a car hitting us? We don't even know, right? How many times have we taken our conversion for granted when something we could have done or said or received was not, was going to be harmful for us. And she just, she protected us and we didn't know. So those things are known only in heaven, but these I was able to write down because they're so specific, they're extraordinary. And in my own life, you know, I have an autistic kid, he's seven now, and I make him wear the miraculous medal every day and he chews on it and the cord's all messed up by the time he gets home. But I'll tell you, the miracle is that he hasn't been kicked out yet <laughs> and his behavior got better. That's a huge miracle for a mom. Yeah. It's a huge miracle that he calmed down and he's more peaceful and loving. So praise God. I know, uh, Christine, that when, when I was conceiving the combat rosary, which I kind of got ready, this is the actual World War I military issue rosary right there. It's smaller than a typical rosary. Um, when I conceived designing one based on that, because it's made up full chain, which no one's ever made a full chain rosary since 1916 until I did. But I wanted to put the most powerful medals, and I researched and researched, and right there, front and center, is the miraculous the miraculous medal, uh, the centerpiece of the whole rosary, and dangling from that is the Benedict medal, and then the pardon crucifix. That's the only uh, crucifix that was uh, you get a um, a plenary indulgence if you carry it or kiss it. But anyways, um, but it's it, in my research, I found out it's the most powerful of all the medals. And that was the message given to us. And I just believe, listen, first of all, I believe, and I've said this in, in previous episodes, but um, we need, we, we're having a Eucharistic revival. We need a supernatural revival. In other words, we need belief in the supernatural power of God again. And your stories, and I can't wait to read them, uh, your stories are uh, uh, amazing. But, you know, just what God did, I mean, 
what, what was a Satanist? Uh, and, and, you know, he had a conversion and uh, I've actually seen people who literally the stories come back and it's as if they're saying they just touch this rosary with the miraculous metal on it. And all of a sudden they go all in on their faith. Oh, just right there. They just decide it's time to go all into my faith. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I believe it's the supernatural power of God. God has given us what a beautiful, beautiful and tender and loving gift God has given us in the blessed mother. And she's, she's actually called the mediatrix of all graces. I mean, it's, these graces that flow through her to us, and she storms, uh, she she pleads at the throne of God for our intentions. What a beautiful gift we have. And here, St. Catherine Labore in 1830 received a message and about the miraculous medal. And I always say, you know, for a lot of people who uh want to make their faith all sophisticated and you know, and booky and all this stuff. Sometimes God asks us to have the simple faith of a child. And, and I always point again to the Garden of Eden. No, don't eat, you can't eat from that apple tree. Well, that's to, to the, the, the person that's, you know, self-professed intellect. That's ridiculous. You know, that's superstition. All right, then the Bible's superstition. But God asks us to do what maybe stuffy, prideful elitists wouldn't dream of doing. And that is to believe that the Blessed Mother came and revealed to us a medal that we that brings us blessing and protection. And and uh, I don't know, I, I just, I, I think my theory is, is that God is actually tr trying to go after our pride. Will you do what the prideful would think is ridiculous? See what I'm saying there? And it's just such a beautiful, beautiful devotion with the, and and, it's, and like you were describing to your too, it's so simple. You just wear it, or you, you carry it, you mm -hmm. pray with it. You know, uh, you, you just make that part of your life and and say yes, be obedient to this way in which God wants us to do it. Does I, I don't know. Does that make sense, uh, uh, Christine? I almost called you Catherine Library, but uh, does that make sense? It's a, such a it's a, it's a, like a simple request for a child, and we go, oh no, we're adults, you know. Uh, no, it's 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 a <laughs> ah, there it is. All right, you're Catherine from now on. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh man, unplanned, yeah. But what do you think um, about that? The idea that God absolutely. sometimes asks us. Or even praying 50 Hail Marys, you know, the, mm. things like that. What do you think? What's your opinion on that about how God has revealed himself through the Blessed Mother Saints, but here in the Blessed Mother? And wh why is it seemingly sim simplistic to the prideful? I don't know why it's so hard to believe. It's, it's church approved. And of course, we don't have to believe any apparitions that are even church approved. But we are required to believe in the gospel. And today you have the centurion saying, can you heal my servant? Right. And the centurion believes that Jesus can. He doesn't doubt. And Jesus praises him and says, there's no one in Israel with this faith, you know, that this Gentile has. So we have a blueprint for this kind of quote unquote naive faith. Right. And. When Catherine Labore in 1830, she was a novice in Paris, and she had this faith. She's the one who started out with the simplistic childlike faith to the point that on the eve of the feast day of the founder of her order, the Daughters of Charity, St. Vincent de Paul, her directress gave a gift to all the novices, of which she was one, a little piece of a surplus, a second-class relic of St. Vincent de Paul, and she received that piece of material. She cut it in half and swallowed one of the pieces simplistically huh? yeah. and said to herself, I believe that St. Vincent de Paul is going to pray for me to see the Blessed Virgin. <laughs> now, I don't, I'm not saying that everyone should go out and do that and <laughs> eat relics, but that 
shows how simplistic her faith was and how strong it was because she really she was up all night waiting up not all night but up not going to sleep waiting to see her <laughs> wow <laughs> she sold it sure enough at 11:30 p.m. A little boy lit up with rays beaming from him, looking at about four or five years old, holding a candle, appears and said, the Blessed Mother is waiting to see you. And so she is guided out of the room. The door opens before the little boy, who she realizes later is her guardian angel. He doesn't even touch it. The door opens all the candles light. She said it was like midnight mass because the candelabras were lit. All the candles in the chapel were lit. And the woman walks in, she hears the rustling of a gown, sits down on a blue chair with a a blue cloth cover. And St. Catherine thinks that it might be St. Anne. And the little boy, the angel corrects her and says, this is the Blessed Mother. And in a leap, I don't know if, if it was supernatural or whether she ran, but in a blink of an eye, she was on her knees, resting her hands on Our Lady's lap. And she said that it was the sweetest moment of her entire life. And there are no words for what it was like for her to have a conversation with the Blessed Mother. And the Blessed Mother told her of several things that would happen to France in the future. They, it, it was very prophetic. They did happen and told Sister Catherine that she would be contradicted. She would have sufferings, but she should persevere and how to persevere. And then four months later, she has another apparition. She's praying with her sisters. It's 530. They're praying in the chapel. And Mary appears again. She's holding a globe. And she has three rings on each finger. And rays are streaming from some of the gems on her rings. Mm -hmm. And what she conveyed to Sister Catherine was that these rays flowing onto a globe beneath her feet, this outpouring of grace was being received by those people who were asking for the graces, these abundant graces, and that some of the gems did not have any rays streaming from them. And she says, those are the graces that people forgot to ask for. So that's very telling. Hmm. That's another reason why she's saying, I want you to wear this medal. And she said, a medal appeared behind her and around the rim, it says, oh, Mary conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. Meaning she's the Immaculate Conception, which is the feast day coming up on Friday, which I think is beautiful timing. And then the medal turned around and it showed the cross and the M and the two hearts. And she said, have a medal struck after this model. And those who wear it, will receive grace graces great graces especially if they wear it around the neck and she added that those who wear it with confidence will receive even more abundant grace and so that's very simple as you said it's so simple wear it with confidence and you will receive great grace And it's so powerful that St. Max, and one of the dangers of our times, we were talking before the show about coming dangers. One of the main dangers is apostasy, disbelief, not getting the church teachings right, potentially having our souls and the souls of our children and the souls that we love not be saved. The greatest danger of all is the loss of salvation. And this medal, St. Maximilian Kolbe called it his silver bullet. Mother Teresa called it her medal of charity. And he said, if I get this around someone's neck, I've won. Nice. And and she's the patroness of the United States. Mary of the Immaculate Conception is the patroness of the United States. Um, And we've been saying that. But we had uh, Father Chris Aylar on. And he, I didn't know this, but the original name of the Mississippi River was uh, uh, river of the Immaculate Conception. So no. I just think she, Mary of the Immaculate Conception is playing such a powerful role right now. And we've actually been doing a 40 days leading up to that feast day uh, of prayer, uh, mm. 40 days to peace through strength. We need to get stronger. We need to get stronger primarily how? 
through the belief, you know, like that centurion, right? The belief that that God is the God of miracles, belief in the power of God, you know, we, we and so belief in in such such things is a, a beautiful little metal that that it, it, you're you're basically saying I believe, yes, I believe that the Blessed Mother appeared to Saint Catherine Labre. I believe that he he through the Blessed Mother wanted us to wear this medal. That's how we say I believe. Okay. I'm not just dismissing these things, uh, choosing not to go there or whatever. Uh, I do believe, and here, uh, let me let me demonstrate it this way. And that's that's why I think we get the graces, because we're like the centurion. Yeah, you can heal them. Come, come into my house. Yeah, I believe you're the God of miracles, right? Exactly. Yeah. And the graces are um, are mult multifold. I mean, you've got you've got protection, physical emotional, spiritual protection, many stories about that, that'll knock your socks off. You've got the grace of conversion and you've got the grace of healings and many people dying, coming back to life or dying without faith and converting and dying in God's arms, saved and deliverance. You have the casting out of evil spirits through the metal. And one has to realize, well, what? why would this little metal object be so so very powerful and so needed for our times as we go into disbelief as we go into physical dangers because we all have them even you know driving the car right you want to you want to know that you're with your mom and the thing is we're all her children and we make mistakes and we are bumbling around sometimes we need to be directed in the right way especially as we have so many different messages coming at us and coming at our children there are spirits coming at us dark spirits all the time coming at the ones we love what happens if one wears the miraculous metal and if one wears the miraculous metal what do the demons see do they see a little metal thing that they can crush no they see the Blessed Mother and they think, maybe I won't. <laughs> this is not going to be a fight that I'm going to win. And they lay down in defeat immediately. So this and the power of our prayer and the power of our belief is so strong. Christine, I'm curious, you talk about, um, if you could talk a little bit about um, St. Catherine, just a little bit of history when the metal came into being, uh, 1830 and so forth. Can you give just a little bit? I mean, there's a lot in the book. There's, you've written tremendous detail. But give a little synopsis of this young lady and kind of her upbringing a little bit and and how it came to pass that this metal is given to her. Um, especially we're talking like a follow-up to the French Revolution. We've got a the the wiping out of the enormous number of priests at the time. I mean, the church is really in in, in a real tough time over there right now in France at that moment. Uh, and then this eventually comes out of that. Can you break that down a bit for us? She was a very pious young girl, and she worked so hard. I'm <laughs> being a mom in this day and age. I I'm astounded at what life was like before the iPhone, before social media, before laziness. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, I love my children, but. Um, she got up at 4 a.m. She milked the cows. She she had a dove coat out, outside this large building with pigeons that she had to manage. She had to do all the laundry, the cooking. There were several uh, farmhands she had to take care of. And she was 9, 10. Her mother died at 9. And she took over at age 10. And, and she was faithful. And she was prayerful. And as you say, um, priests were being persecuted. The revolution had happened. The French Revolution had wiped out a lot of the clergy, but she would go into an empty chapel by herself and just pray. And she was good to the poor. So she was a phenomenal human being to start out with. At age nine, when her mom died, she grabbed a statue of the Blessed Mother and she said, now you have to be my mom. Through tears, she claimed at that young age, the Blessed Mother as her mom. So I believe that's the beginning of it all. And she also had a vision of St. Um, Vincent de Paul appearing to her behind an altar. 
it was a dream that was a vision saying, come to me. She got scared and he told her, you're scared to come to me now, but in the future, you'll want to come to me. So that was the beginning of the supernatural in her life. So her father didn't want her to enter the order. She struggled so much to, to enter it all. She was overjoyed when she did enter the Sisters of Charity, also called the Daughters of Charity. And then she went through the two apparitions I mentioned, the one with the child, her guardian angel coming to see mm. her in the chapel. Then she had the other one with the miraculous medal and Our Lady appearing to her. And she was charged after that. She had a third apparition repeating that. And she was charged to take that to her spiritual director, Father Jean-Marie Aladel. He was 29, very um, dedicated priest, very young, very talented, many jobs, completely didn't believe her, thought she was a nutcase, was angry with her for bringing it up. And she was known to tremble to go back to him. People, they have people who said, we saw her walk over to Father Aladell, literally physically trembling she was poor thing because she had this weight of the world on her shoulders this medal she knew was for the entire world and there's a prophecy that she was given by our lady that our lady would be queen of the universe and i'll look for that exact prophecy in order to give you the exact words but that's really heavy to to have that prophecy on you and then have a spiritual director be the one who is chosen to give it, and he will not have anything to do with you. She went back again and back again. One time he looked at her and he called her a wicked wasp, and he told her he didn't want to have anything to do with her. So she got exasperated, and this is when Our Lady actually got angry, and Sister Catherine went to confession again, went up to the priest and said, our lady is angry. And she said that you would not want to disappoint her. And there was marble silence that got to father that made him go to the Archbishop of Paris, Kellen. And he loved the idea when he heard about what was on the medal, what was revealed. And he said, yes, have these made. So she really, really suffered in getting the message out. And then when it went out to the world, she said, I will tell you, Father Aladell, what Our Lady has said to me. If you promise me that you will never tell a soul that it's me, I do not want to be known as the visionary. And that wasn't a problem for him because he didn't believe her anyway. <laughs> He's like, sure, I'll be quiet about you. So no one ever knew. Uh, the Bishop, Archbishop of Paris didn't know. Pope Gregory XVI didn't know. She kept that secret for 46 years. And what's really amazing is that when the other sisters, they knew that it was someone in their order had received the message about the miraculous medal. They didn't know which sister it was. So when uh, the miracle was disseminated throughout the world and so many conversions and miracles and healings and and the medal was supposed to be called the Medal of the Immaculate Conception, by the way, but because of the miracles, it came to be known as the Miraculous Medal. So she would rejoice with along with them and ask, who do you think it is? Who do you think that the novice <laughs> is? So she did a really good job of hiding the whole thing. And Pope Gregory XVI is known to have said, a woman kept a secret for 46 years <laughs> and, and a sister to boot. So thank you, Pope. <laughs> Can I, I I just want to go back to something that let let it sink in. I, you know, we just don't hear things such as the blessed mother gets angry. Mm. You know, we don't hear that sort of thing. And then also that she would say to him, you know, you you really don't want to disappoint her. I mean, and and based on the fact that she's not happy about this, not that it's just a sad thing to disappoint our lady, but she's angry about this. And it's, it just kind of is a, it's a very unique thing to hear, isn't it? It is. We don't normally hear about, we hear about God getting angry mm -hmm. uh, more, much more often than our lady, but, yeah. uh, and, and, and sister Catherine was not one who was prone to rage, but she was angry too. She was getting angry and frustrated, yeah. as any human being would. Yeah. Well, considering and considering the outcome, what the medal has done for a couple of centuries now, 
Uh, I mean, you mentioned so many incredible stories in your book about this. And I just I want to reiterate to people, get this book, uh, get out there. And again, for the audio version, people listening right now, what is the website they can go to to get this? It's available for pre-purchase right now at www.queenofpeacemedia.com, but it will also be on amazon.com and it's called The Miraculous Metal Pendant of Power. So 20% off right now if you pre-purchase. And yes, I mean, it's um, it's been endorsed by uh, Father Dan Rehill, The Exorcist, by Father Chris Alar, mm-hmm. uh, by Bishop Coffey, and it's it's really a page turner and it's it's one that i pray really starts a fire mm. of of belief and dissemination of this metal that we all need mary wanted saint catherine labray was told that mary wanted every single person to wear one and that's a tall order mm. and that order is now on us yeah, that's good. And also, yeah, they're available through Queen of Peace Media too. I told you about the packets and and you can buy them in bulk and they're at cost. Um, just you pay for the cord and the shipping. I think right now people are looking for answers. I, I mean, uh, you know, we don't want to, we, we're not trying to be fear mongers here, but, but mm-hmm. at the same time, we do realize that a lot of people are looking around at what's going on in the world right now, what's going on in the church. And I've been using the expression, I feel punch drunk some days. You know, it's just like, wait, what happened? Wait, what's going on? Wait, what's what's happening? And and so we're looking for, okay, God, what do you want us to do? Um, and at the same time, I think we're looking for protection as well. And, and I just believe that you were inspired by the Holy Spirit, Christine, uh, to um, help us uh, to, to look at the miraculous medal once again. For these times who knows if a red martyrdom's on the way but it certainly seems like a white martyrdom is already here yeah. uh, for a lot of people in a lot of forms you know that that uh and the, one of the things is is uh people are having their their good name uh, attacked and or they're being canceled or or whatever uh at the same time we're seeing you know holiday meals that uh, people are uh, you know, the so divided and and quarreling during that time, and uh, it's 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 very challenging. It's very difficult during these times, and I think people are growing more and more sensitized to uh, what's going on in the world right now. And it just seems like uh, evil, and I've been putting it this way, is almost arrogant at this time. The way it's advancing and not even seeming to hide. Just you know, we're, you will do this, you will do that, and this is the new way of thinking. And you know, you had like what the FBI looking into Catholic churches, and uh, you can't make this stuff up. And and so a lot of people right now, and again, we're not trying to fear Margaret at all. What we're trying to do is to bring peace to souls, and that's what our that's what our Blessed Mother wants. You know, what are we supposed to do when we look at everything that's going on around us? What are we supposed to do? And I do. I just believe that again. You were inspired by the Holy Spirit, inspired by the Blessed Mother, uh, to to shine a light on this amazing devotion that was given in 1830. You know, during the French Revolution. Well, we've got kind of a revolution going on right now, and I truly believe that this is a time for us to embrace this beautiful devotion once again. Uh, and 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 wouldn't it be great to see all of us united? Uh, under the veil of the Blessed Mother, wearing this beautiful, mm. miraculous medal that brings protection, that brings blessing, that brings peace uh, into our lives. And again, for the self-professed intellect, you know, the prideful person, uh, it's going to be hard for them to accept something like that. But I think that's the point God's making. Okay, is it too hard for you to accept? So, okay, what's going on there? I don't think it's too hard after reading the book. Um, I've given it to people to read who would be skeptics, who who do not believe in sacramentals, of which the miraculous medal is is one. And they, they, I think because it's so much proof, it's proof after proof after proof from people who are intelligent, who aren't lying. And after a while, you have to capitulate. Yep. It, it's no longer belief at that point when you read so much proof. It becomes a yep. fact in people's minds. So mm-hmm. that's been very helpful. Yeah, um, so it just popped in my mind. This would be a beautiful Christmas gift for 
loved ones who yeah. maybe have trailed away from belief in the faith uh, to maybe give them because this is this could be a, a a door that opens for them, huh? Praise God, I hope so. And um, the goal is very big. And this, I found the quote, the prophetic quote that Mary gave to Saint Catherine Labore that in Mac, Saint Maximum Colby said that this is the goal of the miraculous medal in the end. Says. This is what St. Louis de Montfort said. St. Catherine prophesied, Oh, how wonderful it will be to hear Mary proclaimed by all people as queen of the universe. It will be a time of peace, joy, and good fortune that will last a long time. She will be carried like a banner, and she will make a tour of the world. <laughs> That's nice. Tour of the world, yeah, a that tour is. of the world. She'll be carried by everyone. Everyone will yeah. know who she is. It's a beautiful, beautiful hope. And um, I don't know if you want me to tell some of the the ex high wizard Satanist story, but he he definitely is a. Are, are we done? Are no, we done? I'd, I'd like you. To, I'd, I'd like you to get into that. But before you do, I, I you know, here's something that, that concerns me about these types of conversations when it comes to religious. Um, let's call it, uh, you know, sacramentals or the, these pieces of our faith that that people just kind of toss to the side. I always say that everybody's got, you know, that drawer, that drawer in their chest of drawers or that nightstand. And it's that drawer where you put those religious items that grandma gave you or aunt, you know, that really holy aunt gave you. And you take them and you can't get through them out. You can't get rid of them because they were gifts and they're religious. So you go, oh, thank you very much, grandma. This is really nice. I'm going to put it in the drawer now and maybe someday. And then something like this comes along and a book or a conversation like this. And I'm sure people are listening to this or watching this right now thinking, Ooh, I have a miraculous medal. Aunt so-and-so gave it to me. Uncle so-and-so, my grandma, my grandpa, that priest gave it to me. I need to go dig that out if it's that powerful. But there are still going to be people out there, Christine. And before we get to the stories, and I do want to hear the one, especially on, uh, on the Satanist, but before we get to that, what do you say to those people that that you know, like like Father said, there are those that are so intellectual and prideful they might not want to embrace this. But then you've got people out there who are uh, the lukewarm Catholic, and they're just kind of like, yeah, that's really nice, that's really cute. I really don't need that though. It's not. I'm okay. It's not that big of a deal. Why take this to the next level? Why do you think it's so important for even the faithful Catholic who's going to mass? You know, but the medal isn't necessary. It's like the scapular, you know, my brown scapular is necessary. My miraculous medal is actually on my brown scapular, right? With my Benedict, St. Benedict crucifix there. But why do you think it's so important for even the good faithful Catholic who might not take it that seriously to take it more seriously? What would you say to them? To that person, I would say, think of a time when you needed an extra grace. Have you ever had a bad day or worried about a loved one? Or thought, you know, I just don't have enough of God in me or around me to, mm -hmm. to cope with X or Y or Z. And think back to a church-approved apparition where Our Lady is pining to give you just that grace to get through whatever it is, or just that grace to your loved ones, or think about I mean, this would not work for the lukewarm, but if you are a faithful Catholic, there's someone you want to convert, and maybe there's a whole world that you want to convert. This is the tool that Our Lady said to use, and there is story after story in the book of conversions that otherwise should not, by any stretch of the imagination, have happened. So anyone has troubles in their life. Anyone has a person who's hard to convert. Anyone has a bad day, <laughs> you know, and it's just a matter of belief, really. Do you believe that Our Lady wants to give you more graces and that this is how she told you to do it? Mm -hmm. If you do believe and you want those graces, it's that simple. And Father, you'd... Um, in the past, you mentioned a great quote from St. Maximum Colby. Oh, yeah. He's who... the patron saint of the Grace Force. Mm -hmm. And he really oh. pushed the miraculous medal. He 
Uh, what, what did he call it, uh, Christine? His silver bullet. The silver bullet. Yep. It's the weapon for our times, he said. I, oh, I found this too. He said, um, this is truly a heavenly weapon, he said. Uh, a bullet with which a faithful soldier hits the enemy, evil, and thus rescues souls. You know, think about that. You know, if that's true, and I believe it is, you hand someone a miraculous medal and they put it around their neck, and it's like they're killing off any evil that's around them, and then grace is able to enter in more easily. That's what Maximilian Kolbe believed. Um, again, the patron saint of the grace force. I, he's the patron saint for that reason. You know, he he wasn't afraid. And think about it. The, the, it was given to us during the French Revolution. Then you have someone like Maximilian Kolbe, again, our patron, who pushed it during World War II. And now here it seems again, our, our mother's going, wait, wait, remember the miraculous medal during what we're going through right now in the world? I mean, people, we should embrace this, but maybe think about carrying some with you and to be able to hand off to people and to follow the guidance of, of Maximilian Kolbe. Uh, he, what, wasn't he, Christine, uh, a great proponent of the Miraculous Medal? I actually have a quote from him right here. And he, first of all, refers to the prophecy that St. Catherine Labore said of Mary, Queen of the Universe, being known by all around the entire world. And that all her children would repeat, she is the queen of each one of us. And he goes on to say, what can we do to make this moment occur sooner? So he believed that the miraculous medal would usher in the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And he says the answer, he gives us the answer. He says, distribute her medal wherever possible, even to children, so that they may always wear it around their necks. To the elderly and young people in particular, that under her protection, they may have sufficient strength to reject the countless temptations and pitfalls that beset them in our times. Even to those who never come to church, who are afraid to go to confession, who make a mockery of religious practices, who laugh at the truths of faith, who have immersed themselves in the mud of immorality, or who live in heresy outside the church. Oh, to these, it is absolutely essential to offer the medal of the Immaculata and make them want to wear it. And at the same time, pray fervently to the Immaculata for their conversion. Some manage to give a medal even when someone does not want to accept it in any way. And that was the case of Alphonse Radisbone, one of the major conversions that propelled the medal into fame, really. And at the same time, pray fervently for their conversion. Some manage to give a medal even when someone does not want to accept it in any way. They sew one right into the person's clothing, hiding it well, then they uh. pray. And the Immaculata sooner or later will show what she is capable of doing. The miraculous medal then is the bullet of the militia Immaculata. Father Maximilian did not exhort others to do what he did not. Wherever life took him, he evangelized with the medals. So then I go on to say the same year of his ordination on March 16th, 1918, he jotted down while passing through Marseille, France, everywhere, both in Czechoslovakia and in Austria and in Italy and in France, everyone gratefully accepts the miraculous medal. Even ticket collectors on trains, policemen and other people, it means that the Immaculata can find a way to enter hearts. May this happen as soon as possible across the whole world. Mm. Boy, so no he kidding. was a distributor, as was Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Mm. They, The two of them, powerhouses. I have great stories about St. Mother Teresa, who had a clandestine mission to Russia to get medals inside the Kremlin. It's a great mm. story. I mean, all these stories of things the medal has done in history that we don't even necessarily know about and all the things she's doing now, miracle after conversion, after miracle, after protection, after deliverance, on and on. So now, it, Christine, I mean, and all this is in the book. You got all these stories in the book. Uh, we really want to encourage everybody to get out there and get this book. Uh, Queenofpeacemedia.com. Is that it? That where they need to go? Yeah. Okay. Queen the Miraculous Medal, Pendant of Power. Okay. Miraculous Medal, Pendant of Power, queenofpeacemedia.com. Um, I mean, the stories are so numerous. Uh, the times are screaming out right now. As Father said, people are confused. The times are serious. 
We've got confusion in the church, confusion in the war, in the world, on the verge of a World War III, it looks like, or some say it's already begun. It's just in early stages. It's going to escalate. We've got all this, but we still have in every single home, and this is something Father Chad Ripperger just recently said, Father Donald Calloway recently said on, on just podcast just a few episodes ago, start with three key things. And that is number one is grow in devotion to the Eucharist, to Jesus in the Eucharist. And this is all within the home front, what we can do in our own little foxholes. Number two is confession, get to confession, which involves the conversion process. And of course, that's what we're talking about that the metal can help with. Obviously, major miracles there. And we're going to close, before we get out of here, we've got to make sure we get the story into the Satanist you're talking about. And then number three is we've got to have this devotion to Mary, especially through the rosary. But this piece of this devotion to Mary is huge, just like the brown scapular, the rosary, the, the, the miraculous metal. These are all powerful pieces that cannot be overlooked. And this is what every single one of us can do from our home front. I can't necessarily think that a petition or an email is going to reach the, the ear of the Pope. It might, it might not. It's unlikely that he's going to listen to me, though, um, for any concerns or questions I might have, or anybody else, you know, the Kremlin or anywhere else. <laughs> but Mother Teresa's idea of getting medals into the Kremlin, there you go. That's that's getting really covert, and that's getting to the point, uh, really the origin of it all, which is the supernatural element of this. But can you tell us again, before we wrap up, again, this story, I don't want to lose this track of this, this story of the Satanist you're talking about that's in your book. Give us a synopsis of it. Good. His name's Zachary King, and he was kind of abducted in a, in a sense, in a very overt way into a satanic cult very young. It was presented as an after-school club where he could get candy, watch videos, have mm. chips, every, everything to please the senses of a little boy. And his parents knew many of the people there. Some of the deacons in their Baptist church were there. And they thought, okay, this is safe. This is great. You can go there after school every day. He did. And in time, they let him watch pornographic movies. They said, do you want to be in movies? With And, and it turns out it was full of pedophiles and he thought that they were just being loving and they wanted him in the movies so that's how he saw the whole thing he ends up deciding that he wanted he didn't know he was in a satanic cult until many years later when he was 17 and somebody just sidled up to him at the club and said you know you're in a satanic cult and he was scared he said really and then he thought of leaving, but then he thought, wait a minute, that doesn't that means I don't get the drugs they're giving me. I don't get the sex they're giving me. I don't get the, you know, the snicker bars they're giving me. I'm not going to be in the movies anymore. And he weighed the cost and decided that the cost was too much. So he decided to join the satanic cult, this whole ritual, turning a cross upside down, breaking the arms. And what's really terrifying about his story, it's really something everyone needs to read because people do not believe that these things are going on. But nowadays, satanic cults are basically advertising themselves in the schools. They're in the public place. And Zachary was telling people, hey, you know, there's huge satanic conventions. And people would say, you're lying. And then he'd say, well, I, I went to them. I should know. They say, you know, they're introducing this to school children. Oh, no, they're not. Well, we, we introduced it. I should know. But now this stuff, we do satanic abortion rituals. Oh, that doesn't happen. Well, now it's out in the open on, on websites. So basically, right now, as we're speaking, and you mentioned this, Father Heilman, evil is so bold. It's out in the public square. So when he got into this cult and he went to college, he actually went into the college square to look at the little booze. Okay, you can do the Democrat Party, the Republican Party. You can learn how to, um, you know, macrame, or you can join the Satanic Club. So he joined, <laughs> but that wasn't enough for him. He wanted he wanted to do magic ever since he was a kid into Dungeons and Dragons and. And, you know, going into the bathroom and doing the Bloody Mary game that a lot of Catholic kids at school are doing. It's real horrible magic. It's witchcraft. He was doing these things for a long time. So he got very good at magic. 
And he found out that he could join a huge coven, the World Church of Satan, which he did. Then he found out that he could become a high wizard. And he saw this guy in a top hat with a face makeup that was white. And he thought, I want to be that. That's really cool. And that guy does the magic, the hexes, the spells to cause something evil to happen that the elite powerful usually hire the covens for what they want to have done. And you know, have, you have people in government, you have high, high businessmen, you have all these people, businesswomen, I should say too, I'm not going to be sexist about this, um, all seeking the high wizard's ability to make things happen. And so he was excited to have that position. And he was told that the only way to get it is if Satan chooses you. So to be chosen by Satan, you get attention by doing one of the most heinous things possible, which is to take part in an abortion and get blood on your hands. You have to get the, the mother's blood or the baby's and you've done what Satan wanted. So he started to do that and he did get the attention of Satan. And he was called into the high office of the World Church of Satan, called in by the CEO. And some people who were called into the high office never came out again. So he was a little worried. So he packed a gun and he was ready to shoot before they shot. And instead, they said, we'd like to offer you a position. Well, it was of the high wizard. There's only one to 10 high wizards at any given moment in the entire world. They are in the high upper echelon of magic. You have to have... I forget how many, 90, I have to, you have to read the book, 90 something percent of your spells and hexes have to be effective. If they go below the, the high mark that they give you to achieve, then you can no longer be high wizard. So his magic attached with power that the abortion ritual gives him, gives the evil he works on with the magic was powerful. He was chosen. And I mean, the book goes into so many things in the world, behind the scenes, with the elite, what's going on, what he was part of, how kids are fooled, what they do in pornography, what they do to kind of break the minds and the lives of human beings is revealed in his story. And it's something we all need to know because when you shine a light on the darkness, as it says in Ephesians, the darkness becomes light. If you don't know about it and you don't want to know about it, then you get hit on the side of the head and you didn't know it was coming. But like with the miraculous medal, with our prayers, with our masses, something Zachary King is doing now. Yes, there's a conversion I'll get to. I'm jumping ahead, so I, I don't want to forget this. Because these satanic masses are happening in time zones around the country, black masses where abortions are offered, that give the power of evil in our day and age so much power, he is asking priests to say masses on the hour to nullify the effect of these black masses because the mass is the only thing that can do it. So if you read the book and you go to Zachary King's website, you're going to find a way to get involved with that. If you're a priest or if you know of a priest, please, please get the word out about that. That is extremely important. And so the book will lend a hand in, in you finding out more about that. But how did he get from being in a high wizard to trying to get priests to say masses against what he was part of? Well, he ends up getting tired of all the evil. He's done with it. It's almost like you eat too much candy and you start choking on it. And he was raised Baptist and he thought, you know, if there's a hell, it's kind of not somewhere I want to go to. And sometimes the head of the coven, the CEO, would be actually literally possessed by Satan and told him, I'll see you in hell one day. And he thought that when the coven leader was possessed, he was fairly honest. So he thought, well, if that's where I'm headed and that I'm not sure I really want that. He started to doubt the whole thing and started to plan his escape. Well, he was terrified of escaping because as the high wizard, you have money, you have fame, you have cars, you fly everywhere around the world. You're going to the Bilderberg meeting. You're going to the Bohemian club. You've got whatever you want. But Zachary King himself had a little, I think it was a Mazda or a Nissan that was broken down, some flip-flops, jeans, and a cheap apartment. 
he didn't own anything much of himself. So he had to, they, they own the bank account. So he would take $20 here and there. He escapes and he hides for a while. He changes his name. He gets odd jobs. He ends up working at this kiosk that sells jewelry in a mall. And a woman comes up and she buys some gold jewelry, jewelry from him. And she says in return, well, and I've got some something for you. And she hands him a miraculous medal. And she says the words, it's very powerful. Now, Zachary's still full of pride. He is one in a million, you know, one in how many people are there on the planet? Eight billion people. The high wizard, one of one or one of 10 in the entire world, he can do more powerful magic than almost anyone. And this woman is holding up this little tin saying, this is powerful. Well, that got him mad. He still is the high wizard, technically. He's still doing magic in the mornings. And he's about to let her have it and slam this metal down on the counter and say, this is nothing. And suddenly he takes it. He's about to slam it down. And he's moved into this completely dark void. The entire uh, mall disappears. And he's got just darkness above, behind, around him. And he's in the middle of absolutely nothing. And he's terrified. And he's thinking, what are the cameras at the mall thinking? Did Zachary King just disappear? What are people seeing? Am I there? Who am I? Am I? And he thinks he's going to die. He thinks this is the end. And then he still hears this woman, the customer's voice, saying, and you did, I believe it was 146 abortions, and that's a sin. And you did magic last night, and that's a sin, and that's a sin, and that's a sin. And he hears her voice naming his sins, and he's terrified. And so then he he's terrified, and right before him, he sees the most beautiful woman he's ever laid eyes on. And she smiles at him. And he has a Baptist upbringing and he knows who it is. He knows it's the Blessed Virgin Mary. And she smiles at him and he doesn't feel like he deserves that smile because he's acutely aware at that moment of all the abortions he was part of. She takes his hand, she turns him around and he's facing divine mercy Jesus. And rays of light are streaming over and around and through him. And he feels completely loved. And as he's staring at Jesus, he feels the ground come under his feet. And then it disappears and he's back at the mall with this woman in front of him. And he's stupefied and she gets a call. And it's a priest with a healing ministry. And she says, oh, he never calls. Sorry, this is my boss. I have to get it. And Zachary says, okay. <laughs> so he, she takes the phone and the priest says, can you give the phone to the man in front of you? And the priest was elderly by that point and, and he couldn't hear very well. So he thought everyone else couldn't hear. And she takes the phone. She says, he wants to speak to you and hands Zachary the phone. He says, hello. And he says, welcome to the faith. <laughs> and hands the phone back <laughs> and he goes he goes home right after that and tells his wife guess what honey i'm catholic and he <laughs> she said of all of the things you could do this is the worst <laughs> oh my goodness and there's wow. so much more than that you know oh. and <laughs> i we we got to close here that's an amazing story but you know what it is it's a story of hope yeah and Christine, thank you so much for uh, answering the call of the Holy Spirit, the call of our Blessed Mother. Um, and, and I want to say, you know, your ministry is so hopeful. But I also want to say, and I want to say this too, because um, Satan's rising up against things like the grace force. And we get accused of fear-mongering. We're, no, we're not. Hmm. No, we're not. What we're doing is we're, uh, we're unsettled that evil is advancing in the world and we want to join together to unite yeah. and to join together and to find out okay god what do we got to do and we want to get hope and we want to get that that heart pumping uh to get closer to god closer to each other uh united at the foot of the cross 
And um, and th- this this episode this uh, of the Grace Force, whoa, this was amazing. And that story again is going to give a lot of people hope because if they think that they or their loved one is out of reach, <laughs> you had the high, you know, yeah. priest of Satan or whatever. What was his title again? Yeah, the high high wizard, the high wizard of Satan mm. who went down yeah. with a little tiny metal. Okay, so everyone, please consider wearing it, but please also consider, like Maximilian Colby, distributing this like that precious woman did uh, and brought the high wizard down. Mm. That's amazing. Incredible. And the metal has to be blessed. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like anything. Yep. And you can just bring that to your priest and it'll just do it right there. The ones from Queen of Peace Media are already blessed. You don't have to worry. But if you have your own or get them somewhere else, make sure you have them blessed. Nice, nice. All right. Let's end with a prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Christine, thank you so much. Thank you, Christine. That story is amazing. Thank you.